I believe every one of us can create beautiful images, feel fulfilled and improve our well-being through photography. The Quiet Landscapes podcast explores the life and work of photographers, creatives and thought leaders through monthly conversations that will inspire you. My name is Margaret Soraya and I'm delighted that you are listening. So I'm delighted to have Alistair Ben with me today. Um, He describes himself on Instagram as a life coach and creativity catalyst. And he lives on the west coast of Scotland and he runs expressive photography. So um, first of all, I'm just going to ask you maybe to just introduce yourself um, and just tell us what it is you're doing now. I think a lot of the listeners will already know you, um, but if you just give us an overview of uh, what your life in photography looks like just now. Right. Well, thank you very much for having me on the show. Uh, it's much appreciated. Um, <laughs> when when people quote me with things like my bio and things like that, I always, I always squirm somewhat. Um, these things tend to be written on the spur of the moment. Um, I started as a traditional landscape photographer um, and went through the same learning process as just about everybody else where I was looking to others to provide answers to questions that I didn't know what they were yet. Uh, so it, it was a kind of a, a 15, 16, 17 year progression of wanting to do my own thing within a framework of um, trying to understand what everybody else was doing kind of thing. Uh, and, and, and didn't get very far with that. I got to the point where I could make pretty photographs pretty much anywhere I went, but I didn't have much of a connection with them. So in 20, sort of 2018, I formed a new company called Expressive Photography because I'd undergone somewhat something of an, an epiphany in the Gobi Desert. I'd been to the Gobi Desert about seven times and had really changed the way I saw, changed the way I viewed photography, changed the way... Uh, I approached photography, pretty much my entire life changed over that space of a couple of years. Um, And I realized that photography is more than just making photographs. Photography is a catalyst, it's a tool, it's a way of um, detaching ourselves from that idiot that forms this constant narrative in our own mind. Uh, this idiot that just constantly tries to judge you and compare you to everybody else. And I think social media fuels that idiot, that social media and Instagram and Facebook and all the other kind of platforms where you're being judged fuel the voice in your head that says, I'm no good, I'm not popular, the images that I'm making aren't valid, the things I look at and engage with aren't valid. So there was a whole bunch of doubt. So <laughs> I'll try and keep this a bit, a little bit shorter because I realise it's not a hugely long podcast. Um, where I'm at right now is I don't spend huge amounts of time making photographs anymore because I don't have the time um, running a photography business, especially since all our workshops have been cancelled due to COVID, um, is about being online. So I'm trying to find that balance now between having time in the landscape on my own with a camera and being creative and expressive versus maintaining an online business. <laughs> That's all. Yes. So that was actually one of the questions I had for you because I was trying to figure out how how do how are you balancing that? You know, is the the training side of things uh, more important to you now than the the time you're spending out? Or well, not important, but maybe it's just naturally taking over because it it does a little bit, doesn't it? When it it becomes larger, um, is that a problem? Or are you enjoying that? Uh, um, making a living 
gets in the way of enjoying life. Uh, uh, but it's the same for everybody. It doesn't matter if you're an accountant or a dentist or a solicitor or you drive a lorry or work in a factory. It doesn't matter what you do. We spend more time making a living than we do doing the things that we want to do. Now, the you know yourself running a photography business as you do, that the image of what that means is very different from the reality. The, the idea that we just spend our entire time in the landscape running around in perfect conditions, free as the wind, uh, is not the case. Now, when I was running um, maybe 25 weeks of workshops a year, I did spend huge amounts of time in the landscape. That is now not the case because I don't make my money from being out in the landscape anymore. I make my money from making education material or coaching or um, all the various avenues or writing education material, producing education material. So realistically, um, when your business is online, you spend your entire time online. When your business is in the landscape, you can get to spend more time in the landscape. Uh, over the last 20 months, a totally disproportionate amount of my time has been in front of the computer rather than in the landscape. It's that Zoom thing, isn't it? It's um, it's it's opened a lot of possibilities, but it's also trapped us behind a, a little camera on our computers. <laughs> right. Um, you know, and being able to make a living and still being to still being able to be successful in an online format is a huge luxury, and I, I'm very very grateful to everyone who supports our work. Um, but I'm trying to find that balance of spending more time out in the landscape. Now, obviously, now we're coming into autumn and winter. We're getting into my kind of soul landscape time of year where I feel much more at one with the landscape. Um, and we all, I mean, we're going away um, 10 days from now. We're going away for two weeks just for photography. So, you know, I'm trying to build that balance in a little bit better than I have been so far. Yeah, it's, it's, it is that balance, isn't it? I'm, I, I'm always overjoyed when the winter comes in and I always take December and January. I kind of earmark those two months because you, you're not going to be, well, I mean, you could be running workshops, but it, it's a little bit dark in the north of Scotland <laughs> by three o'clock. Um, and yeah, I'm not shooting weddings, which I do in the summer. So I, I earmark those two months to go away and I have to have done that. I'm going to Tyree and then Harris. So I'm away for most of the time. Yeah. I can't wait. I just love the winter, love the winter so much. Me too. Um, yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful light. No, no, don't tell anyone. It's terrible up here in the winter. Don't come. <laughs> it's, it's, cold. it's cold. It's a little bit cold. It's cold and dark. <laughs> but the, yes, the thing about the the teaching, I think there's something um, there's something really beautiful about teaching other those and, and and sharing and and the words. When I quoted your bio, I only did that because I thought it was actually really interesting. It wasn't. It didn't say award-winning landscape photographer. <laughs> I really like the words creativity catalyst, and I think that that's what you're doing really well. You're sharing openly and you're inspiring people, and I think that's that's a wonderful thing to be doing. Um, so. You have to have that in your heart to want to do that, don't you? I, I, agree, I agree with that 100%. That, that you're lucky if you go into life and find your passion. You know, if, if you find something that fires you up and makes you get out of bed in the morning and, and you feel is worthwhile um, and adds value to other people's lives, then I think that's a win. Um, I, I get far more gratitude these days from hearing the feedback from students or mentees or people who've read our books or watched our videos to 
to how life-changing that has been for them. Um, people have been very open in the past about talking about mental illness and depression and anxiety and panic disorders and PTSD and all of these things that affect millions of people around the world. And this is why I <laughs> creativity catalyst sounds very grand, but at the end of the day, um, a, a camera is a catalyst. It, it's something that connects us with the landscape in a way that looking at it doesn't. Um, and I think my role uh, in the contemporary scene is to help people realise that there are destructive ways to be a photographer and there are constructive ways to be a, phot a photographer. And um, it's really just a case of looking at the other side of the coin. It doesn't require any significant lifestyle change. It just requires a different perspective. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I feel very happy with what I'm doing. And um, thankfully, the, the world somewhat agrees. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think you're doing um, you're doing something very beautiful, and that is um, sharing um, both the, the theory and the inspirational side of photography, um, as well as the teaching. So you've got you've got the two things going on. But I just I actually love the way that you speak about um, photography and some of the more um, conceptual videos that you've made. Maybe um, the first one actually I saw of you it was just by chance on on YouTube. It just popped up, and you were in the mist in Scotland, and it was just, it was so wonderfully shot. And your 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 voice is very calming and very. Um, <laughs> <laughs> very nice so um i do think that it's really important that we have people like yourselves out there teaching um more than just the technicals because it's easy to teach the technicals isn't it but to teach the the heart and the emotion and the reasons why we shoot and um, that's actually more difficult but so important um yeah uh, you know the, the technical side of photography is is it's the same as anything. It's like learning to drive a car. You know, if you're if you're driving a manual car, you know, there's an initial period of of um, uncoordination between your 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 feet and your hands and your vision, and and that's why lots of people have accidents because they're not focusing on where they're pointing. Um, they're they're focusing on how to point. Um, and if you look at that from a photographic point of view, a lot of people who are struggling with the technicals get confused with the pointing because they're too busy thinking about the how to point uh, <laughs> in terms of, you know, composition becomes uh, something else that you kind of think about on the side while you're trying to control your aperture and your f-stops and, and uh, or your, your shutter speeds and ISOs, etc. Um, whereas the, the, the creative side of photography is very difficult to teach because and I've said this many, many times, is that if, if, you, if you'd come to me saying, all right, I want help with my creativity, how do I know what your creativity looks like? You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on inside your head. I don't know the stories you tell yourself, the metaphors, the things that excite you and interest you, the way you feel when you see certain things. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't presume to be able to tell you how to be creative any more than I'd want to come into your office and tell you how to arrange it you do that yourself based upon your own needs and perspectives. So I, I, I use these metaphors all the time. It's like you're listening to the, your favourite music and I walk into the room and say, oh, you don't want to be listening to that, that's rubbish. Listen to this. This is good music. Um, so, you know, I think this was the problem with learning material historically 
is that it's telling people how to be creative by following a process that leads to a predictable outcome. Um, whereas I don't want creativity to be a predictable outcome. I want it to be an exciting adventure of a, how we how we find our own creativity uh, because nobody knows what ours looks like. And I get increasing pleasure year by year by year seeing how my own vision evolves. But you've got to do it for yourself. You can't... This is the problem with social media is it's telling us how to make photographs, how to make, you know, things that are going to be popular. Um, yeah, so I'm... I, I was into prog rock my entire life and I'm used to being unpopular. So <laughs> I'm kind of embracing that joy of being continually unpopular. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying there, actually. And it's that um, it's that, I, that idea that um, when you're slightly different, <laughs> um, you're not always, you're not going to be as popular on social media. You just know I'm never going to be. I'm an introvert who really enjoys time by myself I don't really want to be that sociable I don't um, produce um, in your face videos um, I'm never going to be as popular as as other people but it's um and it's quite interesting that isn't it that idea that you know can you how do you gain traction in a business then if you're going against the grain I don't know do you have an answer to that uh yes because I've done it yeah, <laughs> yeah. <But I'm> not, <laughs> um <clears throat> I think it's very difficult, uh, basically. I, I, I think the photography business has exploded in the last five years, really. When I started 20 years ago, um, and even when I went pro uh, 11 years ago, um, it was probably easier to do so. There was just less people doing it. There was already a lot of people, but there wasn't as many as there are now. Um, and... I, I wouldn't know where to start today if I was coming into the marketplace. But if we, I remember reading an article way back in about 2001. It was one of the first articles online I read about photography and it was written by a guy called Dan Heller, who was a kind of, um, he was a successful commercial photographer. He used to make photographs for travel companies. So they'd fly him to Antigua and he'd photograph the place and they would use it for their promo material. That's, that's how he made a living. And that really inspired me, just thinking, God, getting paid to travel and make photographs. But he basically said, if you do the same as everybody else, then everybody else is your competition. If you do something that nobody else does, you have no competition. And I think, you know, the way I've, I've used it in the past would be say, well, Margaret, you're unique. Nobody does you better than you. So that's the thing you should do. Because anything else, you know, if, if I try and be, insert name of photographer there, um, they're already doing it better than I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> so I, I, I just think individuality, I, I, I think social media is poisonous for photographers. It's poisonous. It's, it's guaranteed to not improve your life. Um, and, and therefore... That you, you must know that up in Scotland here, we have a very famous comedian called Kevin Bridges from Glasgow. And he said, if, if Facebook was a bar, you would walk in, you'd have a look inside and you say, everyone here's an idiot, let's go somewhere else. And and that's pretty much, you know, no disrespect to people who follow me on, on social media, but it's not where I want to spend my life. 
you know, I, I really, I, I have to be very, very strict with myself about how little time I spend on social media these days because it's it's bad for my mental health. It's as simple yeah. as that. Yeah, it's it's really um, nice to hear somebody say that as well because because it, it, it can be. It isn't it isn't for mine. I think that I I approach it from a very um, solid <laughs> mental viewpoint. Maybe um, I feel quite I feel quite um, uplifted by it, and I don't really. Um, I don't really like count likes or anything. I just I I try to post authentically and just little maybe stories of what's going on in my life and I'm not worrying too much. Um, but I can see that for people who, uh, for most people actually who are um, who are a bit more needing, which they do. People need validate. People want validated, but they don't. They don't need it. Um, we should be we should be using social media for creation, not validation. That's the thing, isn't it? I think I think what's happening these days is that COVID has has changed online habits, and people are taking out a lot of frustration on social media, and there's an awful lot of polarization. And it's you know if you're a certain type of photographer, then that's frowned upon. If you're another type of photographer, that's considered okay. Um, you know, so it's the the I I want to make everything that I'm trying to do these days unifying rather than polarizing. You know, it, it's the world is full of polarizing qualities, whether it's faith or religion, uh, you know, politics, uh, what country you live in, you know, nationalization, Brexit, independence, you name it. There's there's plenty of things that are going on that, that polarize people, uh, vaccinated versus non-vaccinated. All of these things are polarizing when realistically all we're trying to do is survive on this planet and get through life with as few speed bumps as possible and looking after the people we love and care about and trying to give something back and trying to improve the place, trying to consider things like climate change and all of these other big issues that are going on in the world right now. Um, and to, to, to kind of argue over what type of photography is good or bad or whether we should all be making certain types of photographs versus doing whatever we want it seems a bit petty to me at the end of the day. It is, isn't it? And actually, as photographers, I sort of feel that we should all be working together because we're all uh, photographers, aren't we? We're all, we're all enjoying creativity and we should be inspiring other people and being open. Um, I feel very strongly about that, actually. I think that the, the more that we work together, um, the nicer it will be. So th that's that's one of my things, actually. I, I, I agree with you on that up on YouTube. And I just wanted to ask you about this because I thought it was really interesting. Um the the questions that you're raising um the the new series was about how to make better photographs so that's obviously just come out it's about the the practice um to to start practicing and i think that's a, it's a, such a simple um but amazingly powerful uh point do you want to just talk a little bit about that sure um photography is not different from any other form of art um, whether you want to write or dance or write poetry or write stories or play a musical instrument, be it the piano or the guitar. I mean, I, I have four or five guitars behind me, um, which I play, have been playing since a teenager. So like 40 years now, I think I've been playing guitar and I've practiced the guitar my entire life. And whether it's theory, you know, so the, the, the three foundations of education are theory, practice and reflection. So theory is the how, 
you know, so you, you can look at the theory of exposure, the theories of composition, the theories of arrangement and harmony and balance and flow. Um, you can talk about the theories of depth of field. You can talk about the theories of how to process things and the consequences of our actions. So you can understand the theory just with fairly simple statements. Practice is the, I, there's no such thing as muscle memory. That, that, that has been debunked, but there is a, there is a, a familiarity with the tool that comes from practice. A guitar in my hand now doesn't feel the same as it did 20 years ago. It feels just like an extension of, of my creative being, really. It, I, I don't have to think about where I am on the neck or how to hold it or how to pick or how to make a chord shape. It just appears when I need it. Um, and that's just a function of practice. So when it comes to photography, Every time you're thinking, how do I do that? It's a barrier to creativity. So I talk an awful lot in previous videos about barriers to creativity. And creativity is in us the whole time. And we're very, very successful at creating a cage between us and our creative, our creative minds. Uh, and the bars of the cage are all self-developed. Nobody else creates the cage between us and our creativity because nobody else knows what our creativity looks like. It's just us. Um, so practice is a fundamental part. And there are many things. So I think the video I'm putting out on Saturday, uh, this Sunday, this coming weekend, um, is about practicing how to see and practicing how to engage with things. And there are things that we can do to practice that so that it becomes second nature. Um, and I think practice is a huge way. And then reflection, which is the third um, pillar of education, really. A photograph is a reflective medium. It's it, That's its purpose, is to reflect. We can look at it and see and feel and try and understand part of its genesis, part of its creation. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm probably going to make about eight videos over the next couple of months, particularly just focused on practice and different things that we can practice. Brilliant. That's that's really really good to hear. I think it's something that people often forget. They, you know, they say, um, you know, maybe, you know, I go to the the beach once a year. Well, I can't make photographs like yours. I can't do the long exposures. Um, so it's like, well, how often do you practice? Um, well, once a year. <laughs> and I, and I, I'm I am actually practicing. I've been practicing that for years and years. Um, every possible day, every opportunity, and and failing a lot as well and so you know people don't re realize that they're not all successful um you just you you learn from those failures don't you but they're really important um so i think that that idea of, of practice is 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 really powerful actually um so um can you just tell me a little bit um just just going back to you mentioned the uh gopi desert <laughs> could you possibly just tell me about that period in your life and how how important that has been for your photography um sure uh by about the autumn of 2016, I was really dissatisfied with photography. Um, we were already in that stage where 500px and similar platforms were, were really driving popularity as the, as the key purpose of photography. Be popular, have impact, be dramatic, glorify the landscape. You know, it, it, it felt to me at the time like a very ego-driven process and I was becoming increasingly dissatisfied with making 
what I consider to be formulaic photographs that didn't have a lot of me in them. Uh, so I'd kind of put aside a lot of time over the winter of that year to just go out and make my own photographs and the weather I was living on the Isle of Skye at the time the weather was just horrific it was one of those winters where it was just horizontal rain day after day after day and I think about 40 days of rain continually with like 100 mile an hour winds I mean it was just awful and every day I'd just wrap up in Gore-Tex and go and stomp all around on the moors and feel very very Nietzschean uh, in, in <laughs> sort of ranting at the world so anyway early January I just said we've got to get out of here I need to go somewhere where it's going to be dry um, and uh, we headed off to China uh, my ex-wife was Chinese and we, we spent a lot of time in China I lived there for, for nearly 15 years so we disappeared to, into the Gobi Desert for about three weeks um, and it was about minus 26 Celsius so it was really cold we were camping um, hundreds of miles from the nearest road huge huge sand dunes maybe um, 600 meters high really big sand dunes um, and we were just driving all over them and just pitching a tent and then just waking up to these incredible vistas and so realistically what happened was that my whole uh, concept of vision changed uh, that going in there with a traditional mindset of how to make photographs didn't work it was it just wouldn't work um, because there was only one subject and it was all sand uh, so basically I, I kind of in the time I was there and then subsequently over various trips back I came up with this concept of five triggers of engagement so five things that are present uh, in varying um, uh, proportions in just about every scene that you will be attracted to and the five things are luminosity so the distribution of brightness uh, contrast uh, Geometry, so the angles and lines and curves in a landscape, um, color, and the the transitions between all the different colors and scenes, and then atmosphere, so depth and mistiness or diffusion or water or um, fog or snow, all of those different things. So these different five elements are are in every photograph, really, uh, in varying degrees and proportions. So I came back and wrote a book about it and then I wrote another book called The Colour of Meaning which brings in the colour so yeah that, it, it, it changed my life in every way possible the whole concept of an emotional landscape was born for me um, the way I see the landscape changed the way I engaged with the landscape changed I suddenly understood why I was attracted to certain things how I felt about being engaged with certain things so I have a very um joyful relationship with the landscape even if it's melancholic you know even if it's a sad overcast flat light gray kind of day there's still joy to be found in those landscapes there's still peace tranquility there's still reflection there's still introspection all of these different things are present in the landscape and the only thing we have to do is not go into the landscape with expectation if we go into the landscape with expectation of glorious light and lenticular clouds and auroras and, you know, all of this stuff that photographers seem to dream about the whole time and they don't materialise, then there's nothing worse than coming away from a day in nature feeling disappointed because somehow our expectations haven't been fulfilled. So 
yeah, <laughs> it all sounds a bit, it sounds a bit zen, really. I guess no, 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 it absolutely makes perfect sense to me. I think there's, I think what you're describing there is there's moments in your life where um, it may be self awareness and self acceptance. I think all of these things are really, actually, really important um, to to go through to open up your creativity. And I think that's that's maybe what you were uh, what was happening to you around about that time. Certainly, I've I've been through periods of that where I've started to realise that that um, the self awareness I think is really really important to understand yourself, um, accept who you are, and then you start to accept that the, the, the type of images you're shooting and the experience in the landscape is is more much more important than the the end result, should I say, and and being happy with those those beautiful times that we, I mean in Scotland and some of the morning shoots that I experience where it's you know five or six o'clock in the morning I'm alone in this misty landscape it's just absolutely um, such a beautiful experience and to accept that that for what it is as opposed to the images you come away with afterwards is it's a wonderful thing to be able to do isn't it I think so I, th- I think if you measure if you measure enjoyment of the landscape or your time in the landscape by the images that you're making and how popular those images are um, you're kind of missing the point <laughs> yes yes absolutely we, we should basically we should just all enjoy our time in the landscape whether we make great images or not <laughs> well one of the one of the metaphors i've used recently is that every photograph that we make that's meaningful to us is like a diamond it's like a little diamond that we have that we can look at and it means so much to us um but as soon as you put it onto the internet it's not a diamond anymore it's a grain of sand and it's a grain of sand amongst billions or trillions of other grains of sand all of which are little photographs that each other person thinks is a diamond it's 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 it devalues photography and unfortunately i think that's what social media has done over the last decade is devalued phot- photography um and this is why i guess the concept of being a creativity catalyst is for people to appreciate and take ownership of that self-actualizing process where the ph- the photography and the act of photography and the act of engaging in the landscape is their uh, awakening, I guess. Uh, you know that that kind of self actualizing awakening that that's priceless. I mean, you you can't. I mean, if if I could charge for that event in people's lives for the value that it actually has, I could retire next year. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you will. <laughs> you never know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So just just one more thought that popped into my head there as you were talking about the, the little diamonds that we when we create these images that really mean something to us. Uh, for me, they always these these images happen when I've had an amazingly beautiful experience. So the experience is remembered through the images. So there's there's more meaning there. So I suppose what you're saying here is that if we if I had been running around on that misty morning trying to make an image that would get 100 likes and um, be, be be liked by other people that experience wouldn't have been the same because all I would have been feeling would be pressure and um, whereas I wasn't I was just enjoying it actually and 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 being in the moment and then creating some images and and, and you know um, accepting them for what they are does that make sense yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, well one of the things I've, I've talked about quite a lot over the last couple of years is if you go into the landscape looking for a certain type of photograph, two things are going to happen. One is you're either going to find it and feel very chuffed with yourself uh, or you're not and you're going to feel genuinely quite disappointed with yourself. You're either going to doubt your ability to find such things, which is the first thing we do because self-doubt is always the first person that comes knocking at the door. 
when we start to question our abilities. Can I do it at all? And it's not the fact that they weren't there. That doesn't come to our mind. It's I didn't find it. <laughs> so I, I think the, the problem is, is that if we go in with a certain level of expectation about what we're going to do, we tend to miss the million other opportunities that would present themselves to us if we were just generally open. And I think that's where the five triggers come in, is if you just go into that landscape and allow the landscape to tell you where to point your phone, point your camera or tell you or your intuition. I mean, people forget about how powerful intuition is. And as long as you've got a solid foundation of technical ability, your intuition can drive. I mean, when we talking of driving, I mean, if you were to jump in the car and drive off down the Glen and, you know, you could drive for 300 miles without thinking about how to drive because you've been driving for, you know, quite a few years, I would imagine. So we don't have to ask, oh, you know, what gear do I need to be in? Or, you know, what, how do I turn on the indicators or the lights or the windshield, uh, the windscreen wipers or all? Of, we don't have to know. We don't have to think about steering. We just steer. So realistically, all you're doing when you're driving these days is you're just looking, feeling, receiving information. And that's what we do with cameras. We look, we feel, we receive information and we intuitively lift our camera and point it at something. And we don't need to know why. We just need to experience that moment. And that, that's all there really is. And, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I could talk about this literally for hours. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful, though, isn't it? It's a really nice um, subject. I, th- I think that we all need to... Um, I, I think that most of us have spent like our lives unlearning our natural intuition and that's through years of critiques and um, um, needing validation and etc etc it just it goes it, the, the longer you live the more it continues until you realize you need to break that and I think that that's one of the problems that people have um, for, for my natural uh, instincts and my intuition was always to photograph the sea and to to go swimming and surfing and I, I did that very early on and then stopped because people were telling me not to <laughs> and life got in the way and um you know and then this period of self-awareness came in and I was like now I'm going back to it so I'm just back doing the same thing that I would have was starting to do before before I lost my yeah. my skills of intuition so that's right <laughs> interesting isn't it we learn to be square yeah <laughs> we, we learn we spend most of our we, we spend most of our younger years trying to fit in to just be part of a group of people who we don't really like or admire. <laughs> yes, yes, it's true. It's so true, isn't it? <laughs> and that's that's one of the great things about getting older, isn't it? <laughs> I guess, I guess. I mean, I you know, I'm I'll be fifty five at the end of the year, and I'm loving it. I'm I'm happier now than I was when I was twenty. That's for sure. Oh, totally. I, I'm absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't go back there if you you paid no. me. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Anyway, um, I think that was that was a wonderful conversation, and um, thank you so much for joining me. It was a real pleasure to have you. It's a real pleasure, and thank thank you very much for asking me. It's uh, I've I've been aware of your work for a long, long time, and it it was it was nice when your email came out of the blue. It was it was really um, really touched. So thank you very much for the opportunity. It's it's always a pleasure. Great, lovely to speak to you. for listening today I'm truly grateful for you taking the time out to listen in 
If you feel inspired in any way, I'd really appreciate it if you could share or review the show. You can also share it on Instagram and tag me or reach out with any thoughts. I'm at Margaret Soraya and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.